to Almost 30 with Krista Williams and Lindsay Simpson. Each week, we catch up with Krista and Lindsay to hear what's happening now, what hilariousness happened then, and to ask, is it Almost 30? Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. I know it's so early for you, girls. Thank you so much for doing it at this time today. Oh, oh my God. It's perfect for us. We're morning birds. We're morning birds. <laughs> the manly voice is Lindsay. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> the manly voice is Lindsay and the annoying voice is Krista. <laughs> Oh, you both sound so beautiful. <laughs> I'm so happy to talk to you. We're actually recording now, Jen. We just like we just hop right into it. Love it. This is awesome. Um, I'm so happy to talk to you. So Jen is dating one of my favorite people in the world, um, Adam, who I've known for a long time, who is the most positive, special, loving person. And it's so nice to see him dating someone that's just as driven, just as creative, just as outwardly loving as you are. So I'm so happy that you guys are together and I'm so happy that we could have you on Almost 30 today. Thank you, and thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm just super excited to talk to both of you. Yeah, yeah so girl. I'd love to start. So t- I think so. I'm so happy that you're on because what you do and what you've created is so perfect for almost 30 because you've managed to navigate your 20s, navigate dating. You talk about career. You talk about relationships. You talk about balance. And then you also hit on so many topics that are applicable to being almost 30 and moving in that period from your 20s to 30s. Um, So I know that even when I talked to you about Almost 30 and kind of the concept of the podcast, you said you were super into it. And I'd love to hear just like your perspective on this period of transition between your 20s and 30s and like when shit starts to get real and all the hard decisions you have to make. Sure. You know, it's so crazy to hear you say this because I always forget that I'm a year and a half away from 30. Because I feel like when you get to a certain point in your 20s, stop caring that you're going to be 30. Um, so I think true. when you're in your early 20s, you're like, oh my God, by 30, I need to be married with a house and all of these things. But as you get closer to 30, you're like, whatever. I just want to be the happiest version of myself. And that honestly took me many mistakes, many career changes, many terrible dates to understand. Yep. Um, but by 28, I think that I have a real clear sense of my life uh, and what I want to do in the next couple of years with it. Even if I'm 30 or if I'm 40, it doesn't even matter the age. I do feel like that too. Like I feel like as I get to 30, I'm more comfortable with whatever I'm doing and I'm more comfortable owning my journey. And I think that's like Mm. the best part of becoming almost 30. Yeah. I agree. And I think that you start to realize that, you know, when you're almost 30, that you're not comparing or contrasting your life with your friends anymore. You know, for the majority of our life, we're trying to keep up with everyone. We try to graduate college when everyone does. We get our first job when everyone does. But, you know, as you grow up in your 20s, you realize everyone's life goes different ways. Some people have kids and are married. Some have five different jobs. Who cares? You know, it's kind of like you're finally at a point where you're not keeping up with anyone else but yourself. Yep. What was that moment in your 20s where, you know, I'm sure you had an age where you're like, oh, I'm going to be married by the time I'm 27. I'm going to have kids by the time I'm this. Do you remember that moment or maybe that period of time where you were like, okay, I can let that go? 
such a weird person in the sense that I never had goals like that. I mean, to me, it was like, okay, it's not weird. I want to <laughs> have like a job that I like. And then mm. at 25, I didn't have a job that I like. Yeah. That drove me more than having, you know, a person in my life that I like because I was always under the impression that I had to get my stuff together before I could welcome the right person into my life. Mm. Um, but you know what? I'm not going to lie. Like, when I saw all my friends get married, and literally all of them are married, I felt such a pressure to get that part of my life together. Um, so I'd go on all these dates, and I would try all these weird dating experiments. And you know what that led me to? Nobody. Because mm. I wasn't ready in my life for that person, and I was attracting the wrong people. So mm-hmm. um, I think there was a moment where I just saw my friends kind of, you know, get married and have kids, and I realized I'm not jealous of them. I'm not upset at them. I'm just not ready for that. Mm-hmm. Whoa. That <laughs> just, like, described <laughs> yeah. exactly what. Um, yeah, we were talking about yesterday, um, Krista and I, we were talking about, like, wanting to have it all. Mm-hmm. And and what you just said about <clears throat> that you're just not ready for um, that person in your life and you're focusing on your career. And we were just talking about something that um, Ariana Huffington said. She said, um, you can have it all, but just not at the same time. And yeah, and it's it's this like kind of ebb and flow of transitioning from putting your energy towards your career and then maybe there's going to be a natural transition and shift into when you meet someone, you know, meet your person and you're going to put more love and energy into that. And it's just an interesting, like, um, something you, to the point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I want to first, Jen, pull it, I want to pull it back a little bit and have you kind of talk to our listeners about mm-hmm. who you are and sort of your amazing story and the businesses that you have, because honestly, like you just, blow me away with what you've managed to do and how you've managed to do it and how you followed something deep inside of yourself to bring you to a place where you're running your own business, where you're a published author, where you have your website, where you are doing something that you love and something that you've created all with the vision that you've had. Thank you. Well, you know what? I have to start off the story by saying when I was 22, I had no clue what I wanted to do with my life. I was living back home at my parents' house. I didn't have a resume. I was applying for jobs to work at Forever 21. That was the only thing I liked. Um, I had no clue. You got a discount, though. (laughs) You got a discount, though. Maybe worth it. (laughs) Like $4 clothes. You know what? And I just said to myself at that age, if you don't know what you want to do, do anything. And that's kind of what I did. I had a bunch of, you know, weird jobs here and there. Finally moved to New York and took any job I could to pay my rent. Um, But during it all, I started this blog called Things I Learned From. And my goal was just to write openly and honestly about what was happening in my life. Um, And a lot of what was happening in my life wasn't positive. It was depressing. It was applying for jobs and not hearing back. It was going on bad dates. It was living with my parents. I mean, it wasn't a beautiful blog. It was honest. Um, And from there, you know, I attracted a lot of readers. um, And I always just made this promise to write about my life on the Internet openly. Um, So when all my friends got engaged, I wrote a book called All My Friends Are Engaged. Mm. And it kind of just broke down my struggle with accepting the fact that it's okay to be single when everyone else in your life is married. Mm -hmm. Um, Because all my friends got married, I was always the bridesmaid. Uh, And that part of my life triggered me to think, you know what? I'm a bridesmaid. I'm good at it. I've done it so many times. Maybe I can do it for strangers. So about two years ago, I launched the business Bridesmaid for Hire, and I became the world's first professional bridesmaid, which has been just the coolest adventure of my entire life. (laughs) 
Wow. this, but one out of eight couples struggle with infertility. It's kind of staggering. Most people don't know and or aren't ready to talk about it. And the thing is, we really need good data and information about our bodies in order to have informed conversations with our doctors and make the best decisions for ourselves and for our future. Sometimes we can be so lost in the shame of it all that we forget to really take action and figure out our best options. And that's why Modern Fertility was created. I've been having fertility conversations with a lot of you in my DM, so I'm excited to talk about Modern Fertility. It's an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home, major, major, with a simple finger prick. You mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get personalized results within six business days, okay? And you'll get insight into your hormone levels, like your ovarian reserve, aka if you have more or fewer eggs than average for your age, and other important factors that can impact your fertility. The results really go deep into what every hormone means. And you can also download the results to review with your doctor for next steps. Just to give you a sense, traditional hormone testing at a fertility clinic can cost over $600. But Modern Fertility tests the same general set of hormones at a fraction of the price. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash almost 30, you can get $30 off your test. Plus you can get reimbursed for the test through your FSA, HSA. If you want kids today or maybe one day in the future, clinically sound info about your body can help you make that decision that's right for you. So right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $30 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash almost 30. This is limited time. So take advantage now. That means your test will cost $149, which is really, really great. Hormone testing at a fertility clinic, again, can cost three times as much. Get $30 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash almost 30. That's modernfertility.com slash almost 30. I couldn't like love the idea more. There's so many questions I want to ask, but first, honestly, like a personal question for me. So with blogging, I feel like that's where I struggle is being completely honest because I feel like I want to portray... I'm not being fake, but I want to portray you as a blogger. I feel like you need to portray something. You need to portray yourself as being strong, as being put together, as being X, Y, and Z. And that's kind of the industry that I'm in with blogging. So I find being completely raw and honest about challenges that I have challenging. So how do you get the courage? How Have you just always had that innately in you, the courage to be honest all the time? have much of a choice because when I started the blog I was at a point in my life where I didn't have anything I didn't have many friends I didn't have a relationship I was living with my parents I had nothing Mm -hmm. and writing I wrote for myself when I started my blog I didn't start it thinking okay I'm going to make money off this I'm going to have 10,000 readers a month I said I'm starting this because I need a home for my thoughts and my Mm -hmm. story Um, and because of that because I always started it for myself Uh, I never really thought about who would read it and what they would expect. And because I didn't have an audience in mind, I think I began attracting people who didn't expect, you know, someone put together. They expected Mm, to come to my site and read about a girl who's a mess. Um, And, you know, I never really gave in to what they wanted. I gave Mm. in to what I wanted to write about. And I think that's what kept me authentic. And Mm. it kept my readers, people who liked that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm slow. I'm 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 slow nodding. Slow <laughs> nodding. That is like literally the truth. And you, so your bridesmaid for hire too. You were you to make yourself a professional bridesmaid for hire. You put up a Craigslist ad, right? 
I did. So two years ago, I had a terrible Friday night. I had two friends that night ask me to be a bridesmaid, and it was so weird because we were hardly friends. Like, you know when you have distant friends you haven't spoken to in a while, they totally. call you out mm. of the or something? Yep. Yeah, so these two, these two girls on the same day called me out of the blue to ask me to be their bridesmaid, and my roommate was like, Jen, you're a professional bridesmaid. Like, these girls are just asking you because you're good at it. Mm. And I came home Damn. that night, opened <laughs> yes. up Craigslist, wrote the ad, <laughs> sent the ad in and didn't think anything would happen but two days later um, the ad went viral and I got over 400 emails from guys all around the world holy shit um, I had a poet yeah I, I majored in poetry I have no business experience but when I saw that I saw there was a need and I had to run with it wow so what has been um, as a professional bridesmaid what is have you grown to love something about mm-hmm. the the whole wedding process that you once hated? Mm-hmm. Or is there something that you still really, really don't like? And just, like, so, something that you look at, like, someone's wedding, and you're like, damn, they just don't mm-hmm. have it figured it out. Totally. <laughs> That's such a good question, because I went into this not really loving or hating weddings, and two years later I can admit that I hate weddings. I think they're (laughs) so expensive. I think people are miserable at them. I think they're uh, so generic. And I think they're pointless. They're so pointless. And the reason why I love my job, though, is I work with people who are dealing with that. And you don't have to feel that. Um, I love people. That's why I do the job. But I think weddings in general are just so cookie cutter and no personality. And it's such a shame. It's, like, terrible that you spend that much money on that. But, um the coolest part of my job is getting to really, you know, spend so much quality time with complete strangers during a very intimate, mm-hmm. you know, period in their life. Do you find yourself, because because of um, the way you see the whole wedding business, do you find yourself, like, wanting to change it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, oh, is there a part of you, yes. like, an entrepreneurial part of you that, like, wants to kind of shake it up and, I don't know. I mean, oh, you've, sure. ar- you've already done that, I, but... Yeah, I mean, that's why I think a lot of brides work with me is because they're not looking for that person who's like, I love weddings, let me help you pick mm. your flowers. You know, they come to me because they're like, Jen, I'm hating this experience. Totally. Help me get through it. It's all, you know, BS and the wedding industry pumping marketing into my head. And I, I bring them back down to life. I'm very honest with that. So I think that's why I'm attractive to brides who are just like, how do I get through this without wanting to, you know, run away in a lope? Mm-hmm. So true. And that's, but it's funny because I think about you and Adam, my friend, and I'm like, if you, when you guys get married, I'm like, <laughs> but I'm like, I don't, I want you to, like, I want to celebrate you. So that's what I think about too, is because I actually feel the same way with you about weddings. Like, I've been to a few weddings in the past year, and my friends at them, like, I, these are people that I love so dearly, and they're not themselves. Like, I'm, I'm there at their wedding and I see them not having fun, you know, and it's kind of like heartbreaking to me to know that this is like the biggest day of their life, but they feel overwhelmed with pressure. They feel overwhelmed with the amount of people. They feel overwhelmed with like everything that they have to do rather than being in the moment. And it's a little bit disheartening for me. You know, it's disheartening to see someone yeah. you love not enjoying the biggest day of their life. It's so true, and I'm the kind of person I love. Like, I have an over-the-top style. I love glitter. I love glam. I love big things like that. But here's the thing. Like, I know how hard it is to find that person you want to spend the rest of your life with. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you finally find that person, the celebration doesn't need the glitz and the glam and the $10,000 flowers. Like, to me, it's like I just want all my friends to 
family in one room eating mm-hmm. pizza and just, you know, loving the love that I, I found and I worked so hard to find. It's mm-hmm. hard to find a good person, you know? Totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I know we have to have a separate conversation about like your, date, your <laughs> dating story. so much. Like, in, okay, so that's what's crazy too, Jen, is that like, so when Adam first told me about you, like he was just obviously raving about you and like I've never heard him speak like the way he speaks about you about a person and it's there's such a calmness and there's such a sense of peace and there's such a sense of like knowingness it's like so refreshing Mm -hmm. I like want to cry um but anyways so he was saying oh he was saying about you how you blog like so she blogs like basically me and Lindsay looked at it but you are so open about your dating experiences and like what you've gone through in New York dating and trying to find the one so when you are dating someone, do you write about them in real time or do you share your stories in real time? Like, talk to me about the honesty of your dating and kind of how you are real and raw and authentic with your audience, but then also in relationships that are personal. That's such a great question. You know, that's been a constant battle internally with mm. myself. And, you know, when I wrote about my dating life, I never set out to write it to embarrass the other person. I always wrote these stories to show what I did wrong or how I reacted or how I felt. It was selfish. It was about me. I never wanted to expose a person as being a terrible person or mm-hmm. treating me wrong. So I always kind of yeah. kept that in the back of my head. Um, but I also try not to write about it in real time so that the person I'm with isn't exposed to the world. And, you know, even now when I'm in a relationship with someone I truly love, I don't want to write about them on the internet. You know, I have no need to do that. I don't want to expose the details of our relationship. And a lot of times when I do TV interviews, you know, lately reporters have asked me, you know, do you have a boyfriend? They want to talk about him. But I don't even want to bring him into that world because what we have is, you know, ours. And I don't need to bring that into my bridesmaid for hire world or my personal life. So oddly enough, when I have something good in my life, I don't really like to you know, tell the world about that relationship just because I don't think people need to know the intimate details of my private relationship. So it's kind of weird. I'm very open about writing about bad dates, but not really open about writing about, you know, someone I'm deeply in love with just because I don't think it's right to them, you know? Completely. I think that too, like, I think that's an interesting transition as you get older. Like, when you're 20s, like, your girlfriends know, like, early 20s, your girlfriends know every fucking detail about (laughs) you and your relationship. And it's almost wrong. Like, they know every intimate detail. And then when you get older and you kind of find that person, you, like, respect the sanctity of that and you don't share as much with people. And I think that's, like, an interesting growth transition to recognize that. Especially when you have something good going on, you don't need the advice of your girlfriend. You don't need to let them know play by play because you're confident in what you have. But if you're not confident, you're like, oh my God, what do I do? And, you know, I've never had to do that once in my relationship now because I feel like we have something that I've never had before where, um, you know, it's very trustworthy and respectful and just the need not to involve other people, which is a really fun, fulfilling feeling. Totally. And there was, so there was also something I wanted to talk to you about too. And I think that this is like with career. Um, so when you started Bridesmaid for Hire, you also said too that you were laid off at a point. So were you working your corporate yeah. job and then you were laid off from that while you were running Bridesmaid for Hire? Or kind of tell me about the transition to making this a full-time thing. Sure. So, you know, I was working full-time. I was running my business, Bridesmaid for Hire, on the side, Mm -hmm. and I was writing my second book. So pretty much I was working three jobs at once, and I loved it. Mm -hmm. I loved the chaos. I loved the stress. I loved being busy. But 
Um, I worked for a startup that unfortunately was doing massive employee cuts. So um, I was one of 40 employees laid off. And at the time, I wasn't ready to do Bridesme for Hire full time. Um, but I had no choice. And when I, that happened to me, I kind of kicked into full swing and said, you know what? I'm at an age and at a motivation level where I can support myself myself. Even that means, if that means taking on, you know, more side jobs or part-time jobs or do a lot of freelance writing to pay the bills too. Uh, I came to the point where I said, okay, I want to make X amount of money per month and I will figure out a way to do it. And um, so at first it was shocking being laid off and it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy to cope with and deal with, but the more time I kind of talked myself to the point of, you don't need that, you know, crutch, that full-time job, I really kicked into full gear and was able to find a way to make it work without having that. What was your, um, like when you would wake up in the morning, so you didn't have your full-time job, yep. did you have, how did you stay one motivated? Mm-hmm. How do you structure your day? Yeah, the structure of you your know. day. Yeah. yeah. I had rules. I had very strict rules for myself. So I had to be out of bed by 7. I had to change into, you know, not work clothes, but not pajamas. So I would change into workout clothes because I would work from, like, 8 to 12. And then every day at 12, I would go work out for an hour. Mm. Uh, And it actually, you know what, it improved my health. Because when you work a 9 to 5, like, there's no midday workout, you know. But when you're working from home... It was so amazing to split up my day and say, by 12, the computer shuts down, I go work out. Yep. Um, and then I'd come home, I would eat lunch, and I would work, work, work. So, um, you know, working from home, it didn't make me more of a lazy person. It actually made me more of a healthy person. Yeah. I think I, I felt the strongest I felt physically and fitness-wise in my entire life throughout the year that I've been working from home. I completely agree. It's hard. It's so hard to commit to that structure. Mm -hmm. Um, I find. Like, I just, like, I say that and I write things down, but um, I feel like once you start to see results. to be, like, a creative human and kind of, like, stick to a structure. Mm. So that's what I find. Because I'm like, oh, I'm creative, and sometimes I'm more creative than others, so I kind of, like, go with the flow of whatever the schedule is. But I Mm. think... And I think to your point, dressing the part, like if I, st- I noticed at the beginning when I was working from home, if I stayed in my pajamas for the day, like I was like not feeling good. Like mm-hmm. I just was like not right. feeling like, I don't know. So like putting my shoes on and putting like a bra on was like <laughs> changed the game yeah. for me. Like I'm like, all right, I'm ready to like take on the day. Right. And you know what I do also is I schedule things out. So I say, okay, from 10 to 11, I'm doing mm. this project. And if during that hour, I don't finish it, great, but I have to move on by 11. So yep. it kind of forces yep. your mind and tricks your mind to say, I only have this much time, I better just try my hardest to figure it out, you know? Whereas if you're like, I'm going to do this all day, by 5 p.m., you've done nothing. Right. Yeah, so true. Literally. So, and, and doing that, so coming from a point where you were laid off from your job and you were taking this full time, there must have been people that were like what are you doing? You know, like, I feel like... Oh, my God, yeah. Right? Like, I feel like in New York City and in L.A., we're lucky because more people are more creative. They kind of, like, do their own thing. But, like, where I'm from and kind of, like, the cities that I've lived in, people are 9 to fivers, And if you don't have a corporate job, you're kind of, what are you doing? So I'd love to hear you talk about kind of, like, the haters and the naysayers during your process and how you handle them. Sure. I mean, at first, there are people who called me crazy to begin with trying mm-hmm. to do a business called Brides Made for Hire. Um, people that were, you know, I, I would do a lot of live TV interviews and reporters would say, this is a good joke. You're crazy. And I'd have to defend myself. And I had, um, you know, acquaintances in my life kind of laugh at me when I told them I was doing this. But it was almost like, okay, so what do I do? I cry. I run away and cry. Or I look at them in the face and say, 
watch what's going to happen next and then go out there and do something super cool. And um, I, I get really, like, a lot of energy from those situations. So people try to put me down and tell me I'm not good enough or my idea's not good enough. That's, like, my only fuel that I need. Um, but on the other side, when I started working from home, a lot of my friends who didn't have that lifestyle would always be like, oh, you know, um, like, they would kind of look at that life and be like, oh, she's not really working. Yep. They didn't understand that work from home <laughs> yep. model. They'd be like... Oh, Jen's free all day. Yep. Of course she can hang out at Totally. Fit, you know? and it's like, <laughs> My friends yeah, ask me to like, do their errands. No. They're like, hey, could you, like, pick up a package for me? I'm like, I would be like, no, dude. Like, I can't. Like, I'm not chilling. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't have a cubicle. Like, right. I have a place that work. So it's hard. It was hard to kind of hear those comments and, and almost be, like, okay with them. But when you figure out yourself and your schedule, you get confidence in what you're doing. And then when people say that kind of stuff, you just kind of look at them and smile and in the back of your head, just think to them, you know, they're going to watch what happens next. That's what I always think to myself is I'm ready to show the world what I'm capable of. Mm. I don't need them to believe in me right now. Where do you think that comes from? Like, where do you think someone listening could, could help foster that sense within themselves? Because there must have been a place within your childhood or how you were grown, how you grew up that helped foster that sense for you. That's like, look at me now, watch me do this instead of the fearful response, Mm. you know, that gives into naysayers or haters. Like what could people do to foster that? I, growing up, you know, I was, this is going to sound so sad, it's not, I was bullied in middle school, I didn't have many friends, I always wanted to be this writer, and everyone in my life always said, get a real job, do something else, and a fire inside of me kept saying, no, 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 I don't want to do anything else, I don't want to be someone else, I want to be this weird, messy girl who writes, that's who I want to be, so I think the first step is figure out who you want to be and what you want to do, and then when anyone tells you you can't, ignore them and do it anyway because you will be happy they don't live your life Mm -hmm. you do so I think it's a matter of taking rejection and failure and people saying you can't and almost just ignoring them and see and see what happens when you do and only positive things will happen when you do it's just the way Mm -hmm. life works yeah absolutely um yeah I mean it's it's a constant struggle of like people look to other people for example like well they didn't do it that Mm -hmm. way so how are you going to Mm -hmm. but writing your own stories so we do a a segment on almost 30 called 20s us 30s us and um we kind of reflect on shit we did in our 20s and then also look look ahead to our 30s and it's like Mm-hmm. What's that about? For example, should we freeze our eggs? Like, yeah. wh- like, just you know what I mean? Like, just these questions, like kind of like the unknown, the unknown. Yeah. So we would love to hear, like, um, what was Jen Glantz doing in her twenties, Jen? And how do you see, or do you have questions about thirties, Jen? I think that twenties, Jen was you know, wasting too much time. I think 20s Jen was spending too much time scrolling through Facebook and um, chasing after friends or guys that weren't chasing after her. Um, I think she was focused on other people more than herself. And I think that she was terrified of, um, you know, failure and and making a mistake and, and not living life to the fullest. But I think Jen, who's going into her 30s, doesn't care about that. Doesn't chase people anymore who don't pick up the phone and call her back and doesn't waste months on a guy who, you know, treats her like an afterthought. And, um, you know, close to 30s, Jen is someone who's looking to be the healthiest and happiest version of herself. And 
of happiness doesn't always come from other people. Sometimes it just comes from the simple things you can do for yourself. Mm. I love that. (laughs) Jen, what would you give? So last, like, what would you give as advice for listeners that could be in their early 20s or even at this point that want to create, like, a creative, fulfilling life like you've created? Like, not discrediting all the work that you've put into it because all you've done is worked really hard for your vision and dream. But what advice would you give to someone that wants to live more closely in alignment to their Mm. deepest, you know, life goal or whatever yeah it's easy start right now right mm. the second start right now and the other thing that I can tell you is don't you dare give up because you are just a couple of rejections and failures and no away from your dream everything I tried to accomplish in my 20s did not happen overnight it came after so many people tried to tell me I couldn't do it mm. and so many people didn't give me the opportunity and when someone doesn't give you an opportunity create one yourself that is the only thing that you can do. You will be successful and just don't you dare give up and you will live the happiest version of your life. I promise you that. Oh, yeah, I read. We both want to cry. I know. I'm like, I'm like crying all morning. This is like crazy. Like, no, it's like weird. Like when I cry, whenever something is like ultimate truth. Yeah. And I know that sounds corny, yeah. but like it's so true. It is like if someone's talking to me and they speak the ultimate truth, I start to cry. So yeah, Justin, so <laughs> Justin is out here, and we're at this a recording space, and he is gonna see me walk. I think I'll fuck. She's crying again. <laughs> He literally like he could not. He's like, oh god, what is it? Like, and it's always when I'm like, who did you talk to? What? Exactly. He's gonna be like, god damn, you know, like whenever we're at weddings, like even if it's like someone that we don't even know, like the bride oh, will come out, he'll turn around, and be like, oh shit, she's crying again. Because I just like I like whatever I feel that mm-hmm. I just really feel it. Well, it's um, just it's very <clears throat> inspiring. Yep, and refreshing to connect yep. with. You know, when you connect with someone who is also creative Mm -hmm. and pursuing their dreams no matter what no matter what anyone says it's um you realize you're not alone Mm. and that feeling is like amazing Mm. so thank you yeah thank you oh that means so much to me and I feel the exact same way you know it's always good to surround yourself with people who are going to bring you up and tell you the truth about life I freaking love that yeah so where where you're going, where Bridesmaids for Hire is going, where can people connect with you, and what's exciting for you about the next, you know, t- six to 12 months? Sure. Um, people can check out Bridesmaids for Hire at bridesmaidsforhire.com. Uh, they can get the new book right now on Amazon, Always a Bridesmaid for Hire. Uh, please, please, please connect with me on social media at Jen Glantz or just email me at, at jenglantz at gmail.com. Um, in the next few months, I'm super excited to work some really cool weddings and also to uh, start my book tour and launch my book, Always a Bridesmaid for Hire. I can't wait to have the world read some of the most intimate stories about my wedding and my life. Wow. Oh my God, I love that. We should have a launch party together, like 100 blog, Jen oh, Glantz, yeah. oh launch my party in LA. Yeah. I love that. Or we should have like a launch ride at SoulCycle. That would be, oh yeah, we should definitely do a yeah. ride at Seoul. Well, we'll do a ride at Seoul. Like, when you get to L.A., we will, like, hook it up and make this huge. Aww. Thank you. You girls are so sweet. It's been so amazing talking with you. Thank you so much for having me on this awesome podcast. Seriously, what you're doing is inspiring so many people who are about to turn brand new age, and I think that's really cool. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, this has been lovely. We'll connect. Um, we'll link ever
uh, for your website so people could check you out, all your socials, your email, everything like that on the show notes of this. Um, Jen Glantz, Bridesmaid for Hire, one of our newly favorite people <laughs> that has made such an impact on our life just in this 30 minutes. So thank you so much for talking to us today. We love you. Thank you. We love you. Thank Bye, you Jen. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Bye, girls. Bye. Have a great weekend. Bye. <laughs> Whoa. Hold on, look at Dania. She's awesome. Do you die? I die. Do you die? Like, I can't just, even, like, can't even. It's so refreshing. I can't even <clears throat> begin to tell you. I just can't believe she was 22. 22. Didn't, I mean, living with her parents, sending out resumes, applying at Forever 21. Yep. Now has her own business. It's like a dream. Wrote two books. Three? Three. I mean. And the, like, it's like so crazy because Adam, our, my friend, is like honestly like number one most amazing human I've ever met. Loving, how did they engaging. Meet? Sorry, I didn't ask. They met that. on like a Tinder or something. Like something crazy, <sighs> so like an crazy. app. And like they are the perfect match and it makes me want to cry. <sighs> because it's like just like I've seen him date girls and be like. Like, when you're dating someone, if you have, like, that kind of, like, it's almost like people say it's, like, passion or, like, that fleeting feeling, it's not right. If you're, like, worried about when they're going to text you, like, there's a difference between the beginning butterflies and, like, it not being right. And there should be a sense of calm and and ease when you find your person. And he had that. Like, it was, like, there's this girl, Jen, and that's, I heard about how amazing she was and that he's in love, but that's basically it. And it should be like that. You know, it shouldn't be like, okay, should I text her? Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, there's just an ease to it. And they had that. And it's, like, she's, like, I'm, she's incredible. I'm, like, so happy for him. I'm so happy for them. Wow. We're gonna go cry. BRB, BRB, guys. It's it's eight a.m. in in Cali, and we're gonna go cry. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We love you. Like us on Facebook. Review us on iTunes. Subscribe and tell your friends. Answer your question. Oh yeah, send us questions too. Send us questions. (laughs) (laughs) And if you guys have any recommendations for people we should have on the podcast, we'd love to hear it. Love to hear. Love to hear it. All right, cool. I'm going to go get my voice back. (laughs) Yeah, love you. Bye. Love you.